Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, guys. Welcome to the all-new Built for Playmakers channel here on YouTube. Um, those of you that have been rocking with the podcast uh, over the past year, um, going to make the transition over to YouTube. We'll also continue to upload um, to the podcast channel. So if you've subscribed there, you continue to get um, everything that we've been doing. But we just wanted to make something new as far as being able to interact with um, everybody that listens to uh, the podcast um, over here on YouTube. Um, also, we're going to do live um, streams, uh, interviews, and, and things of that nature. It kind of gets hard. Uh, talking to yourself, uh, not not having any interaction and kind of staying on course. So uh, just going to make the move over to YouTube. So uh, make sure you like and subscribe if you uh, haven't you know, found the channel before. Um, I've had it for a while, but just went ahead after a lot of people started asking, hey, man, when are you going to record again? And um, thought it was time to do that with the uh, upcoming season. Um, so today we're going to be talking about um, can FSU uh, compete for a college football playoff spot and national title. And I know a lot of people are looking at FSU, the expectations are crazy. Um, some people believe FSU can, some people are kind of, you know, on the fence of, you know, maybe if things go right um, and things like that. But when I look at FSU uh, in 2023, it's really like a two game schedule in my opinion, based on everything that um, that we know so far, as far as, all of the continuity that we have coming back. I mean, FSU has the most production of any team in the country coming back. You have a Heisman contender um, there uh, in Jordan Travis, one of the top running backs. You have two um, NFL wide receivers, basically, and Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman. Jaheim Bell, a tight end, will probably be an NFL player. You're going to have the deepest offensive line that you've had, uh, gosh, probably in, in the last decade. And looking at the defense, you have a lot of guys coming back. You got some some key pieces uh, from the uh, the transfer portal, also. And um, hey, I think I think FSU can can compete. And so here here's kind of what you have to do. You look at it and you say, okay, on the schedule, you basically have two games that FSU uh, is going to have an opponent with equal or slightly lesser than, slightly greater than talent level, and that's LSU and Clemson. And you have to ask yourself, did LSU improve more on both sides of the ball than FSU did, right? And if you go position by position, uh, I think I probably would favor FSU based on all of the, the, the players and production that they have coming back, plus who they added from the transfer portal. Um, and then you look at the Clemson game, and Clemson has a new quarterback, and Clay Kublick. You know, he was he's a highly rated guy, but he's he doesn't have a whole lot of experience. And they got them in game four, going to have a, a new offensive coordinator. And Clemson lost a number of guys off of last year's team, specifically on defense. And you know, the game is in Death Valley, um, but 
you know, it was a it was a competitive game last year uh, in 2021 when, when FSU went up there. Um, it was a game in the fourth quarter. I mean, FSU arguably could have won that game uh, with a, a much lesser team in 2021 compared to what they'll have there on the field in 2023. And so if you get past those two games, if you go undefeated, I mean, if you go undefeated, I mean, man, except expectations will be <laughs> going to be crazy. Um, if you if you lose LSU and it's respectable, then you beat Clemson. You probably, you know, have a good chance of possibly facing Clemson in the ACC championship game. Um, obviously, you would you would need to win that game to to make a college uh, football playoff spot. Um, you know, if you if you lose to Clemson and LSU and then rematch Clemson in the ACC championship game and win, it's gonna it's probably gonna be tough um, to to make the college football playoff this year, uh, which is another reason why. You know, FSU is dying to get out of this conference. I mean, you, you really have no respect uh, from the national media when you're talking about ACC football aside from from Clemson. Everybody else, you know, it's like, hey, yeah, you beat them, but, you know, who are they? They're, they're nobody uh, as far as um, a quality team opposed to just a narrative of the SEC being top to, ba- top to bottom, you know, just, you know, uh, a murderous row of competition, although we know that's not true. I mean, SEC is really top heavy also. Um, granted, I mean, they do have, you know, some overall better teams than, than what you'll find in the ACC from top to bottom, but it is top heavy. So it's not it's not the gauntlet that, that everyone thinks. I mean, if you look at Georgia's schedule, I mean, you know, they got a few games on there, but it's not anything crazy. Um, but again, you know, you can't afford to lose two ACC games, even though they would be against Clemson potentially to um, to make the college football playoff, um, but I like FSU. I like FSU in that Clemson game, and we'll do a game by game prediction at some point. Probably, um, you know, we'll write about it on Chop Chat, which is a, I'm I'm the editor of that site. If you haven't been there before, make sure you check that out. Um, follow us on on Twitter. Do we call it Twitter nowadays? Uh, Tweet X or whatever we want to call that social media platform. But but yeah, so. You know, looking at everything as a whole, you know, you have, you know, Duke returns a lot of a lot of players, a lot of production, but you know, they only beat two teams with a winning record last year. And you know, Virginia Tech, they're terrible. Um, you look at, you know, a lot of people like Pitt. You know, I wrote a post on Chop Chat um, yesterday, actually, on uh, Saturday, and it was the three uh, most overrated teams. Uh, on the uh, on the schedule, and uh, I had uh, Duke, I had um, uh, Pitt, and then I had uh, Wake Forest on there. And my goodness, I want to beat Wake Forest by a gazillion points based on all the smack talk those guys have been been giving us over the whole you know leaving the ACC deal and all that good stuff. I mean, it's oh man, it's 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 ridiculous listening to those guys, but. You know, I, I think I think that's going to run those boys this year. Uh, they lost a lot from last year's team. Got a new quarterback. Lost all those COVID super seniors. Um, I mean, it was it was abysmal that we lost that game last year. And we'll kind of get into that uh, a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm going to touch on another topic here in a little bit as far as what what will it take for you know FSU to to ultimately find the success that everybody wants that 
you know, that are FSU fans. Um, but when it comes to the other games on the schedule, I know a lot of people look at the rivalry games in Miami and Florida. Um, you know, I said months ago, you know, neither of those teams scare me at all. Um, you know, I expect, you know, Tyler Van Dyke probably to be better, you know, than he was last year. But those guys, they just don't have they just don't have the horses. Uh, they got some young talent there, but they just don't have the horses overall. Mario Cristobal is a terrible in-game coach anyway. Um, you know, they got a new coordinator on offense and defense. So, you know, you, 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 those guys are going to have to work through those issues, uh, work out those kinks. You know, they play Clemson and I think, gosh, I think I can't remember the other team. I know it's basically two L's they're going to have for sure before uh, they play FSU. Now, they, look, they could lose every game on their schedule before they play FSU and then come to tally. And, hey, that's their Super Bowl, always has been. Um, you know, so they're going to give FSU everything they have. But, you know, I just don't I don't think they have the horses um, to, to compete with FSU again this year. Then we look at Florida. You know, they lost a lot. Uh, they don't really have a quarterback. You know, they're going to probably run the ball, try to be conservative, shorten the game. Um, you know, got, they got a new defensive coordinator. Um, not really impressed by him either. Um, and I just don't think that looking at everything that FSU has, you know, barring, you know, injuries and, you know, everything being what it is right now, I don't think um, either of those teams pose that much of a threat. I mean, I look, I think the betting spread for, for Miami, last I looked, was uh, like 17 points. And I think Florida was also double digits, maybe 10, I think it was. So, you know, it's a two-game, it's a two-game schedule, really. Um, you know, if FSU can at least split the uh, LSU and Clemson games early, then win the ACC championship, you know, you're going to be in a uh, college football playoff spot. If you sweep, you know, those two games and win out, you're definitely going to be in a college football playoff spot. And then it's really, you know, it just depends on who the other three teams are. But I know some people consider, um, you know, your, your your Georgias and Ohio States and um, Alabama's, you know, those teams, obviously they've been recruiting uh, from the high school level at a really high school, had a really high rate. And, you know, FSU hasn't, but FSU has compensated, you know, they've kind of, they've kind of done two things. They've filled holes on the roster with really talented high-end transfer players who, in my opinion, are more valuable than, say, a five-star freshman or even potentially a five-star sophomore, because usually it takes um, a year or two uh, for those those five-star players to to really, you know, find their their mark on the team, their role, and that. So, a prime example would be Hakeem Williams, five-star wide receiver. Um, FSU got last year the first five-star wide receiver they got since forever, and you know he's probably not going to be a factor this year. It'll probably be next year. Um, you know, before he'll really kind of start to 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 make an impact and definitely in 2025. Um, but so when you look at, you know, who FSU has uh, from the portal, who they've been developing um, over, you know, the past two or three years, you know, if all things are equal, um, the biggest difference would be depth probably, but also, I mean, aside from aside from probably safety, FSU has has built up some depth, and I think um, now you would have some young guys back there in the secondary uh, because of um, you know 
not having not having a bunch of guys uh, from the portal uh, you know, back there in the secondary, uh, potentially at safety. I mean, you would have, you know, probably K.J. Kirkland or, um, you know, they did move Kevin Knowles back there. So he got some experience and it looks like he's going to fit really well back there. So that's going to be that's going to be a positive that a lot of people probably were not counting on whenever FSU was pursuing Jalen Key uh, this summer. You know, obviously he went to Alabama. Um, but then that kind of brings me to my next point. You know, I, I've heard numerous people um, say that, you know, it's going to be on FSU's defense to determine how much success they find in 2023. And, you know, I couldn't I couldn't disagree more with that statement. When you go back and look at last year uh, in the three losses, um, scoring 21 points against Wake Forest is that's unacceptable. That's abysmal. They had a, a terrible defense last last year. Um, the FSU defense, you know, they were missing Fabian Levitt. Jared versus was probably at like, you know, 50, 60 percent because he had just got hurt against uh, Louisville. And they still held Wake Forest below their um, points per game average. Um, and then another thing, too, um, FSU scored first in that game, went up seven nothing, got a stop on Wake Forest's first position, and then you know the FSU offense missed a prime opportunity to go up fourteen nothing, right? And also did the same thing against Clemson. FSU offense scored touchdown first. FSU defense gets a stop, and FSU has a prime opportunity to go up. 14 to nothing against Clemson and they don't take advantage of it. Those, those are things that they have to do if they're going to be an elite offense this year. Um, NC state game, that game solely on, on the offense. I'm not even going to talk about it. Look, if you, if you only allows, you know, 19 points in a game, you should win that game going away. I mean, that's not scoring in the second half, you know, that, that, that losses on the, uh, on the offense. But go, also going back to, you know, the Clemson game, um, particularly, they had uh, a fumble. Jordan Travis fumbled the ball. Clemson got the ball on the FSU 42-yard line. These are things that go unnoticed by the casual fan. Clemson got the ball on the FSU 42-yard line. And then also, um, the second-half kickoff, they ran it back um, to – the um, FSU 31-yard line, right? And then uh, Mike Novell uh, went forward on fourth down, which gave the ball to to FSU, uh, Clemson on. Let me plug this up real quick. My laptop done. Mike Novell went forward, went forward on, um, on fourth down and didn't get it. And then they score a field goal off of that. So that's 17 points. They only scored 34 in a game. They scored 17 points off of a fumble, which they got in FSU territory. A kickoff that they got in FSU territory. And then Mike Novell going for it you know, on fourth down, they got the ball in FSU territory. Half of the points they got with the possessions that began deep in FSU territory. Those are things that people don't really notice if you don't pay attention, but those are huge factors in win, winning and losing um, those particular games. Also, when you look at 
when you look at the last two years, FSU gave up, has given up 38 points. That's the most they've given up in the past two years. One of those games was an overtime, uh, the opener against Notre Dame. They gave up 38 points in overtime, 35 in regulation. They gave up 38 against UF last year. And then they gave up, you know, 34 against Clemson, which we told you half of those points came on those three um, possessions there. Everything else, you know, they're, they're, you know, allowing, you know, 31, 28, 24, uh, 27. You know, they only allowed 20 points per game last year. That's good enough to win if your offense is elite. And everybody, everybody expects FSU's offense to be elite in 2023. You got a Heisman contender, you know, at quarterback. The offensive line's going to be better. It has more depth. Uh, you got two bona fide guys that'll be in the NFL at a wide receiver. Same with tight end. Uh, your running backs, you're going to have an NFL player there, and you have a lot of depth there. Um, so there's no excuse for the offense not to average 40 points per game. If they if they average 40 points per game, um, I think FSU could could potentially uh, run the table. Uh, I mean, they should have scored over 40 points against LSU last year. They left a ton of points on the field, ton of points on the field. Uh, should have scored nearly 40 against Clemson. Think about it. They um, again, they went for it. Uh, they had a fourth down. They were it was fourth and two, I think, on the uh, Clemson 31. They couldn't get those two yards turnover and downs. They had a first and goal on the Clemson two yard line. Couldn't score. You know, that's potentially 14 points right there. They scored 28. So um, if, you know, FSU is able to take advantage of those opportunities this year and they should, you know, they they have they brought in guys from the transfer portal to, you know, as far as offensive linemen to, to be able to move the line of scrimmage on those, those, um, those third and short. So fourth and short opportunities, uh, you've got, you know, guys that can win in the red zone. Uh, you got multiple guys over six, three that you can throw the ball up to in the end zone uh, against smaller defensive backs. You got uh, a tight end out there that you can do that with. You have another tight end, Kyle Morlock at six seven that you can throw out there if you want to. So, um, you know, I wrote I wrote a, a column um, on Sunday morning uh, talking about your my, some of my top uh, concerns going into the season, and that was kind of hidden on that. FSU had over I think they had sixty six red zone opportunities last year. Um, they scored fifty. Uh, they scored forty six touchdowns on those opportunities. Scored another ten field goals. And then they had 10 possessions where they didn't score at all. And, you know, that goes from missing field goals to turnover on downs or turning the ball over in general. So um, FSU has all the pieces to make a run. Um, the question is, you know, in those two games, are they going to execute in those situations where they fall to last year? Um, the defense, we know why the defense got ran on last year. They didn't have depth, a decent defensive line, defensive tackle. Um, you know, the coaches know, knew that, and they went out there in the portal, and they got some guys that will help in that area. Now, unfortunately, uh, Daryl Jackson Jr. won't be available um, because NCAA didn't approve his waiver, but you still have, um, you know, Brayden Fisk, who's, who's a beast 
Um, you know, all the reports coming out of practice are that, you know, he's a he's a guy. Um, so you have multiple guys at defensive tackle now. Um, you know, even if even without Daryl Jackson, you know, you should be able to stop the run uh, much better than you did last year. And so, um, yeah, man, you know, I am uh, I'm going to have to look at I'm going to have to look at um, Clemson and LSU. I'm going to look at those games again from last year before I do a, a wind share um, prediction post like I did last year. Um, but, you know, I've been pretty much on it uh, over the past couple of years as far as, you know, predictions and, and things of that nature. You know, I predicted FSU to win uh, at least eight games a lot earlier than a lot of people that jumped on that bandwagon uh, last year. So uh, I'm thinking, you know, they definitely should win 10 games uh, in the regular season. And again, it just depends on, you know, where those losses come. Um, but, you know, the probability says that, you know, LSU and Clemson would be the two games that are, um, you know, if they lose them, those would be the two, um, unless something just crazy happens, you know, um, later in the season or whatnot. But, um, but yeah, FSU can compete for a college football playoff spot and a national title. Um, you know, it would depend on who they faced uh, in the playoffs, um, but I think they can compete with anyone. You know, uh, again, it just comes down to a, a, a depth. Uh, at certain positions, uh, that's the that's the biggest um, difference between them and somebody like Georgia or Alabama. You know, the the margin of error will be smaller. You know, they couldn't afford to turn the ball over. You know, two or three times against somebody like Georgia or or, or Alabama. Um, you know, they couldn't afford to you know go uh, convert. You know, three of thirteen on third downs. Um, things like that, you know, the, the the margin of error will be smaller. But, you know, if they went out there and executed, you know, didn't kill themselves with penalties and turn the ball over, you know, they can play with anyone. I think they could beat anyone. So, again, um, thank you guys for, for checking the channel out. Um, again, we're going to be um, really active here on the channel. Again, if you, um, you have only listened to the Built for Playmaker podcast in the past, um, make sure you like um, and subscribe to the YouTube channel here. Um, basically, you know, it's uh, built for playmakers. You can just search that on YouTube and um, also uh, set your notifications so that you'll see when we go live and all that good stuff. So um, we appreciate the support and uh, we look forward to interacting with you guys with a live stream soon. Uh, go notes. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.